Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Dom with the Chief. Today it is just me. Wano is not here today, so you get to listen to me spout some nonsense about DS as usual, because you know, that's why you tune in, right? To get to get some random stuff. Now Obviously, Moano is great to give the sub's perspective, so it's always a challenge when she's not here to record a podcast. But I did want to put out something for you guys, just so that you know we are still here, we still care about you, and we still want the best for you in your DS relationships. This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. So what am I going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about overthinking and how that can impact your DS relationships, particularly for dominance, but also for submissives as well. The reason I talk about this is because I, I do get a fair few messages on our Discord server, and I, I see a lot of messages that people are putting up there. And I also get a lot of emails about things to do with DS. And often the questions are of two varieties, I'd say. The, the one is someone just wants general advice, which is absolutely fine, although more often than not, I just redirect them to the website because they haven't used the search and there's, there's tons of information on there. But sometimes someone asks something really specific and it's so specific that I can't really answer it. I think they, they come to me thinking that I know everything about DS and that's kind of like asking someone who's married to tell you how to fix your marriage. There's just so much that goes into it. There's so much context that the person asking the question will have in their head that I simply don't have. And so even if they write me, you know, a thousand word essay on their DS relationship, I won't be able to give them advice that is going to be good, probably. I can, I can kind of point them in the right direction, perhaps. But generally, generally, the questions they ask, they need to figure them out themselves. And the crux of the problem in the question that I often see is that they are overthinking things. They want to know the real specific details. I had one guy once, he emailed me a complete script of what, how he was going to run his BDSM scene, what he was going to talk about with his sub, what he was going to say to her, all the moves that he was going to make. And this kind of reminded me of myself a few years ago when I would really try and come up with the most exciting scenes I could because I really want my submissive to enjoy it. And the, the planning got so much and so distracting and just overthought that I could never really enjoy it. It was a chore. And so you end up not doing it. And the reality is you don't need to think in as much detail as most people think you do. You don't need to overthink the details of your relationship. You don't need to overthink the concept of DS, right? DS, dominance and submission, is just that. It is just about one person in the relationship having 
slightly more power, slightly more control, and the other person has consensually agreed to give up some of that power and control for a brief period of time. Even if you're in a 24-7 relationship, it's not always 24-7, if that makes sense. But most people, the average person listening to this, will probably want to do it just in the bedroom or maybe expand it slightly into day-to-day life. So for of the 24 hours in a day, maybe you're only in DS mode, you know, one hour, half an hour, five minutes, two hours, four hours like that. It's not, it's not the full 24 hours. So you don't need to overthink the details of it. You know, I get questions like, oh, I, th- I think I may... I think I'm a rope bunny, but then I also quite like elements of service. How should I label myself as a submissive? It's like, I don't, you don't, why? Why do you need to label yourself first of all? But, or, you know, does that, is that a good submissive? It, guys, it doesn't matter. As long as you have an element of dominance and submission in the dynamic, uh, as long or short as you want that to be, you are in a DS dynamic. You don't need to worry about the details. A DS dynamic simply means that you enjoy a power di- differential. And even then, some people will debate the, the meaning of DS, and I'm absolutely fine with that as well. I'm not saying my definition is correct, but on the whole, generally, DS means some sort of difference in, in power or control. And you've got to remember There's no school where someone teaches BDSM or DS. This isn't a a science. This isn't a definitive set of rules someone was given or created and they were like, this is, these are the 12 commandments of BDSM and DS and anyone who's in a DS dynamic has to run it like this. That doesn't exist. The labels are just there to be signposts. I really like Eckhart Tolle when he's talking about, in a way, his his version of mindfulness and being present and in the moment in his book, The Power of Now, and, and some of his talks online as well. And he's just, he's just talking and he's saying, look, you've come to, I'm trying to explain these concepts to you, but words are just, words are not the thing. I can use words to try and describe the thing the thing cannot really be fully described by words. And that is what DS is to me. I can, we, we have these set of labels like dominant, submissive, daddy dom, pleasure dom, hard dominant, soft dom, romantic dom, all the different types of submissive, service orientated, slave, fin sub, fin sub. Right? These are just terminologies that are useful as, a, as signposts to the real concepts, right? To the thing, the thing, the intangible thing that you can't describe fully with words. They're just signposts so that when you meet someone who is into this, you can have some sort of discussion with them and and roughly get an idea of what they're into. But it is not the be all and end all. So it doesn't really matter what kind of dom you want to be or what kind of sub you want to be. You don't have to put a label on it. It doesn't matter if you mix all the kinds of dominance and submission that are out there together and create your own style of dominance. In fact, that's what we preach on this podcast and on my website. It's it's about creating your own style of dominance and submission and not just accepting what you see in movies. Or, more importantly, not just accepting what your partner 
is telling you that DS should be because that can cause, uh, that can get you into trouble. For example, you know you are interested in DS and you go and you, you go to a munch and you meet someone and they say to you, I am really into, I'm a sadist. I really enjoy caning and I like to draw blood. Now, if you're a new submissive, you might have seen some porn where they do that. And therefore, you might think, oh, that's normal. You know, he's a dominant, so he gets to do that to me. And as a submissive, I am meant to submit. I am meant to give up my control. And therefore, he can do that to me. And that's okay. So you say, yes, I'm a submissive. Let's go and do that. And you go and do it. And you absolutely hate it. That is not how DS should work, for those of you who are wondering. What should happen is that the dominant says that. He says, I'm a sadist, I'm into pain. And if you're not into that, you say, oh, great. Well, I'm a submissive and I am more of a little and I prefer a more caregiving style of dominance. And if he forces you or she, who is the dominant, says, no, that's not, that's not DS, you say, sorry, you don't understand what DS is, and you walk away. Or if they say, oh, great, yeah, we can do a bit of that, but I still want to do lots of pain. And you'd be like, no, sorry, that's not for me. And you walk away. So it's really important to have these kind of mini negotiations when you're going in and that either as a dominant or a submissive, you don't just do what, the, what you think the stereotypical dom and sub should do. You should really craft the dynamic to work for you. I also see this a lot where I'll get women messaging me saying, I want my partner to be more dominant or my husband's not into this at all, but I've just, I've just found I really like being submissive. What can I do? Well, the answer is some things. There are certain ways that you can act to help draw out the dominance in your partner. And we go through these in the Art of Submission course, which you can find at kinkyevents.co.uk. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that they are into dominance just because you've suddenly discovered you're a submissive doesn't mean that automatically they are going to have they're going to be interested in it and you may not be they may just not be into it and therefore what's the point in trying trying to convince them so the moral of the story here is when you're getting into ds dynamic one you need to know what you like you need to have done the work on yourself you need to have done the research to really understand your desires what kinks you have what activities you like. And I mean sitting down and, really, and writing out that list. You can start with the sex menu, but you can also do the exercises, like I said, that we've got in our Art of Submission course. And dominants should do this as well to really understand what it is they like about DS, what do they want out of it. And then when you meet someone or you're going on dates or you're having a talk with an existing partner, you can say, here are the things, here's what DS means to me. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. How does that sound to you? And then you start the negotiation and you just chat and you see where the compatibilities are. What do you both like? Include that in the DS. What do you not like? Exclude that. And if they're not into any of it, well, then they're not into any of it and you have to think about other options. So I've gone a bit off topic there, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, getting back to overthinking. So yeah, this whole podcast is meant to be about overthinking, but I've just taught you about why you need to think about it, which is a bit, a bit silly of me. But So there is an element of thinking that you need to do. There is an element of thinking that you need to understand about you as a person. And you need to describe that and explain that to the other person that you meet. 
but you don't need to when you're in the dynamic and you, when you're creating a scene you don't need to overthink the details and you also don't over you, you don't need to overthink why it is that you like something so if you really are into feet and you have a foot fetish yeah you could go and figure out why you why you're into that but or you could just say to the other person yeah i really like this do you want to do it and they can say yes or no you don't need to overthink it and you don't need to overthink it and say oh but i'm a little so i'm not supposed to enjoy pain but i really enjoy being caned does that make me a bad sub no you don't you don't need to think like that because you're creating your own flavor of of a dynamic like a dominant i don't particularly enjoy spanking or giving pain to people does that make me a bad dominant no it's just my own flavor of dominance that i want to have so it's because I've sat down and I've spent the time thinking to myself, what does dominance mean to me? What turns me on? What do I enjoy? What arouses me? What kind of porn do I like looking at? And I've sat down and I've said, right, that is my style of dominance. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the hardcore stuff, the, the traditional stuff that you would find in DS, I don't really do much. For me, I really just enjoy regular sex, but a bit rougher. And I enjoy, I guess, some commands and some rules outside the bedroom as well. But I'm not, not one for being a massive sadist. I enjoy too much pain. I do enjoy a bit of humiliation and degradation from time to now, giving it, that is. So, yeah, I've crafted my... And I also, I like the caring, nurturing side of things as well. And the training and the coaching. I guess that's why I started this website. I enjoy helping other people to to become how do i describe it, it, it it's I've, I've described it before as a bit of a corruption kink right i like taking submissives who are have just discovered they're into this but don't really know what they're into they just got this inkling that they are into it and helping them uncover the desires and helping them uh, figure out what it is they want you know, I really enjoy that side of things. And you could argue it's more of a teacher or a coach. It's not really, it's not necessarily DS. But I mean, if you think about teacher and student, there is a, there is a, a, a dynamic there. There is, in a way, a DS dynamic between a teacher and a pupil. It's not a sexual dynamic, but it is one person is in, in charge and they are sharing their knowledge and helping better the other person who is in a less of a powerful position. So so there is a DS dynamic there as well, not in the sexual sense, not in the BDSM sense, but you can think about these kind of relationships and everything you, lo you look at in terms of DS. A boss at work and his, his you know, or a person at work and, and their manager, there is a kind of dominance and submission element to that as well. The moral of the story is you've really got to understand yourself and you've got to create a dynamic that works for you, not for everyone else or what you think a typical dynamic should be. Don't overthink the little details, though. As I've said, really, a DS dynamic is just about the power and control differential. And as long as it's healthy and consensual, that is it. That is it. That You are in the DS relationship if you have those things. Think of it as a big circle, right? That is, that is the big circle of DS. The little things that go into it is up to you. What you put in there does not change whether it's a DS dynamic. It does not make it right. It does not make it wrong. It doesn't make you a good sub. It doesn't make you a bad sub. 
It just means it changes the flavor of DS that you have. So consent, probably aftercare, or or let's let's not call it aftercare. Let's say a general a general respect for your partner that you're playing with and a duty of care, right? You shouldn't be going in you should be going into a DS relationship with the intention of leaving the person as good as you found them or better. And that is true for any relationship. So I shouldn't have to point that out for DS in particular. But yeah, consent, making sure that you're leaving the person as good or better. And therefore, you incorporate strategies such as aftercare to achieve that within the DS dynamic. But you may have other strategies as well. You might have, you know, morning check-ins. You might have certain rules that help you in, in check whether the person is still enjoying it. You might have weekly um, sit-downs where you chat about the dynamic and you see if anything uh, needs to be changed. All of those I would put under the duty of care where both parties, and this isn't just dominant to submissive, this is also the submissive checking that the dominant is okay with the relationship. As in the example I said before, where the submissive had discovered they were submissive and they wanted their partner to become more dominant, so the partner is less into it than they are, then the submissive has to do quite a bit of work to check in with the dominant. Maybe the submissive is the one who's going to have to be providing more aftercare than the dominant just to make sure that their partner is still into this and is okay with it because they're the one that wasn't really into it to start with. So DS can really be anything. So don't overthink the details. If if you're about to send me a question that's like, oh, a really specific question about how long should a scene be or you know, how hard should I spank someone or all of that kind of stuff. You don't need to know those details. Do what feels right within the bounds of being consensual and making sure that you ha- you, you're you respecting that duty of care. Now, having said that, like I said, there are there is still work you can do on yourself to figure out what you're into. And there are certain skills that you can learn, such as there is a particular way to spank people that will make sure you're not hurting them right? So that is a, a dominant skill that you can learn and probably should because it comes under that duty of care. There are certain things that people generally need to watch out for. You know, sexual health, making sure people are safe in that respect. Again, that's about educating yourself, knowing what you're getting yourself into. But beyond that, everything is kind of open. There are some also actually some techniques like, you know, if, if you're going to do breath play, you want to be very careful. There are ways to do it badly. And there are ways that it can be very dangerous. So if you're a dominant and you're going to do that, then make sure you have the skills. Those you need to, you do need to overthink and you do need to study and you do need to make sure you've got the right advice because they are dangerous. Same with rope play, some, some aspects of bondage, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, common sense prevails. If you don't know what you're doing in those particular areas and there is a risk to someone's health, then it goes against the duty of care that I've talked about and you probably shouldn't, shouldn't be doing it. So do Do find a mentor who can help uh, teach you that stuff. But everything else about general DS, you don't really need to know the details. Over time, you will develop your own style of dominance. As you you keep developing, rather than someone giving you a template, um, you want to learn the different styles that you can play with. You can try new things, see what works, see what doesn't. It's just like learning a new skill. Um, In my book, Sensational Scenes, I do go over a few of the the more psychological elements that I talk about, because I don't want to give you specific techniques, but the psychological elements that you can think about when you're creating a scene to make it even better. And some of the physiology is covered in there about what happens when a submissive goes into subspace or how they get into subspace. 
is useful to know as education, but again, it's not it's not something you need to know as a dominant. It's just if you want to take things to the next level and you're interested in more of the theoretical and psychological aspect of play. The other thing that happens when you overthink, especially during a scene, is that you won't be present. You won't be fully in it. So let's take an example of two scenes. Imagine a scene where it's, it's just missionary position, five minutes of missionary, right? The simplest scene you could do, nothing complex about that, nothing kinky. But in your head, you could have got yourself into a really dominant frame of mind. Okay, maybe you'd done some power poses beforehand. Maybe you were thinking really, you, you were really, you were really on that day and you were just felt confidence and that energy was just coming across in the way you're thrusting, in the way you're moving in the way you're laying on them, in the way you're kissing them, in the way you're holding their, their hand as you play with them. So that's a really simple scene, but it can be incredibly powerful because of the energy, the dominant energy you're bringing to it. Now compare that to a scene where a dominant wants to do a two-hour BDSM scene using every single toy that they own, They've got all the equipment. Maybe they've got, even got a dungeon and they're taking you to a dungeon. But their energy isn't there. They're tired from work. They're in their head because they're, they're, they're thinking more about what toy they have to use next rather than on what sensations you as a submissive are feeling. Maybe they're thinking about something that's happened at work. Maybe something went wrong in the day so they're not in their fully confident energy. Which scene is more DS. It's the first one, even though if you looked at it, you would think it was the second one. So for me, the energy that you bring to scenes, and this includes the submissive, and there's, there's plenty of ways a submissive can get into their submissive energy, but the energy that you bring to a scene is, it's a massive part of DS. It's a huge part of DS, not the tools you're using, not the techniques you're using. So for any beginner dominance and submissives that are listening here, I want to really encourage you to simplify your scenes, which will help you with the overthinking, because there's less to think about, there's less to do. But try and make the most simple of activities more submissive or more dominant. For example, a kiss. A kiss can be done very dominantly. And as the submissive, you can receive it very submissive, submissively. Um, even an act as simple as that, try practicing your dominant energy. Try practicing your submissive energy. How would you receive that kiss in a way that amplifies your partner's dominance? Even if they're not a dominant, but you particularly enjoy submissive and being a submissive and you're on your first date and you've not even disclosed the fact that you are a submissive and the person goes in for a kiss, how would you make your energy more submissive to create that polarization between their energy and your energy. I've used this analogy before, but it's a rubber band. Everyone is on a spectrum from dominance to submissive. If you hold a rubber band between your fingers, one, person, one finger is the dominant, one is the submissive. They're both in, in different energies. There's two ways you can amplify the the magnitude of the discrepancy between the dominance and submissive energy. Firstly, the dominant can step more into their dominant energy. So that is one finger moving away from the other. 
But the other way is if if the dominant just stays where they are and the submissive moves more into their submissive energy. Both ways create a tension in that band. And this is what you need to do if you're a submissive and you want to make your partner more dominant. Actually, what you want to do is make yourself more submissive. Because if you do that, by default, you've created a bigger, a bigger distance between their energy and yours. And you will feel that. And they will feel that. And what can happen is when they feel that polarity, in a weird way, it makes them step even more into their dominance, which creates the band even more, and you get into a virtuous cycle. So going back to this example, you're on a first date, you're a submissive, you haven't disclosed the fact you're a submissive because it's a first date and you don't trust the person yet, but you still want to want to kiss them, they lean in for the kiss, they're in a certain energy state, you can maximize your submissive energy and you can do that throughout the date in order to amplify and make it more exciting for you. And it would also then give you an indication of whether you, you think they could be a good dominant as well. So there's a, f- a few little tips, but but generally, the moral of the story was that DS does not have to be complicated. You don't have to focus on the details. You can make the simplest of scenes really, really powerful just by the energy that you bring to it. And it's not all about what the dominant does to you. I can't stress this enough. A lot of time, the dominants will get very stressed because it's a lot of work being a dominant. Uh, it can be a lot of work. So if you're a dominant and you overthink things, then just try to do less thinking. Try to make simpler scenes. Try not to make think of them as scenes at all. Just think, just have regular sex, but bring that more powerful energy to it and see what happens. If you do that, you'll find you're able to be much more in the moment, much more present, which again changes the energy that you're bringing and can be much more effective than just being the dom that knows all the toys, knows all the techniques, but Actually, no one wants to play with them because it's, they're, they're not bringing a, a powerful energy to the room. So yeah, people might be thinking, well, how much planning should you actually be doing for a scene? Start with none. Don't do any planning. Maybe have a couple of things, a rough idea of how much time you have, sense the mood of the other person, and maybe a toy you want to play with or not. But how much planning should you do? You don't need to do any. I've found when I've planned scenes, they have been worse than when I haven't planned them. I've definitely got, there's, there's kind of an optimal, it's like when you're playing pool and you have a few beers and you get really good and then you have another beer and you're suddenly really bad. There's like an optimum beer to pool ratio. Not that I drink, but you know what I mean? You kind of, kind of the more beers you have, you're, you're thinking about it less, you're more in flow, you're more in state and that really helps your game. It's kind of the same with overthinking DS. You need to think a little bit and there's, there's, a, there's a sort of high point. And then as you start to overthink it, your performance will just get worse and worse. So try and find the balance that works for you. So there we go. That was short and sweet. It's always a bit weird sitting here just talking to myself because I have no idea how the content is landing. It's not like I'm sitting on stage and I can see people's reactions and I can see if they get particularly excited about one point and then I can go and talk about that a bit more. And I'm not joined by my colleague Moano to bounce ideas off. So hopefully you've still enjoyed that. And hopefully the content was useful. As always, if there are particular topics you'd like me to cover, you can message me, chief at kinkyevents.co.uk. And don't forget, we have the products available that I've talked about. We have the Art of Submission, which is for submissives to help them do some of those things that I talked about, help them get more into their submissive energy, help them find a dominant partner, help them discover their core desires and what they're really into. 
and do it all in a very safe and consensual way. So over 6.5 hours of video content plus a 75 workbook included in that course for a very, very reasonable price. And you can find that at kinkyevents.co.uk forward slash, it's either forward slash T-A-O-S, The Art of Submission, or forward slash A-O-S for Art of Submission. As well as that, we've got a rope course uh, for either partner. It's called Sinful Shibari, and it takes you everything uh, through all the basics and fundamentals and some ties that you can use for, for rope bondage if you're just starting out. And then we've got my ebook, Sensational Scenes, and it, that includes a video of a spanking scene, as well as a 135-page book on the psychological tips and tricks I use in my scenes if I want to take them to the next level. So with that, we hope you have a lovely Christmas as it is the 20th of December when I'm recording this. Hopefully it'll be out before Christmas. Um, Have a lovely Christmas. Enjoy lots of kinky fun and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about.